My name is Tom. Some of you know that. Um, if you don't know this, I love you. I just love you. When you come in, I see you. My heart just leaps because we get to be together and do the things that mean the most. So thank you for coming out and being with us in the first, well, first-ish kind of snowstorm. All right. Uh, glad you're here. Here's something that I think I know about you, that you want to be a person of purpose. You want to be a person of influence who, who not only changes their life, but, but you change the life of other people for good and for God and in all kinds of beautiful ways. Like when you walk into a room, like the temperature changes. It warms up and, and people talk to you and they feel life and love that they didn't have before. I believe that you and I have that in common. And, and, and one of the things that concerns me about me and it concerns me about the people that I love is this, is that you and I, in, in wanting to be that, in wanting to do that, we can have a ladder that we want to climb um, with our lives. It's our goal to climb to the top of that ladder and, and that at the end, when we get there, we could realize that the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. And, and, and God loves us too much to want that to happen. I love you too much. You love you too much to want that to happen. So we don't want that to happen. So we are going to go today to what we're going to call the heart of the matter. And you'll know why in a little bit. But first, I want to talk to you about your goals, your dreams. Everybody, uh, pretty much everybody, has a, a dream for their life like your desired outcome, right? And if you don't, that's okay, because I got one for you, and, and you can borrow it, you can have it. We're, we'll get to that in a minute. But what's your, what's your dream? Now, I'm not talking about the thing that you think about when you're sleeping. I'm talking about that thing you focus on and obsess about and you work toward and you sacrifice for when you're awake. What is that? Okay, so if you have your worksheet, even if you don't, there's, a, there's this question, my dream is to blank. My dream is to guess, to do this. You got that? Do you know what that is? Does anybody want to anybody share your dream? Anybody want to share your dream? I got a lot of student athletes here. So, like, I'm honored that you would hang with me because, like, I... It's going to shock you, but, uh, but I'm not an athlete myself, so, so it means a lot. Some of your dreams might be athletic. Some of your dreams might be career-oriented. Anybody want to share their dream? Where, 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 where's the good mom? Oh, you, you, you want to be a good mom, Miss Anna? That's a dream. That is a good dream. Philip, how's she doing? Here I go, a little thumbs up. This tiny little thumb. Good dream. Anybody else got a dream? You dream is of dream, big dreams. It's okay. You don't have to share that. Okay. Now, I want you to picture this dream coming true. I want you to picture you're there. This dream came true. Somebody else comes up to you and says, why did you do it? It took everything. It took years of practice and work and sacrifice. Why did you do it? What was it that made it all possible? So if this is the what, this question is the what. This next one is the why, right? This, that was the means. This is the end. This is how you would sew that blank. That would be the who, 
of your dream. It could be you, could be a family, could be your kids, right? So that my kids can have the best mom, Anna, or something like that. Could be, this is, this is the who. The first part is who, so that blank can be blank. That would be the desired reality. So that my kids could know how loved they are or have the best life or whatever that is. So that who can be what? This is the why of your dream. Do you have that? Do you have that in mind? Okay. These two things may be some of the most important things about you. About you. That's why we're talking about it as the heart of the matter. I want you to hold on to this, and we're going we're gonna to step away and look at something else, and then we're going to come back to it. Okay? I want you to think about five things. I'm going to give you five things, and then we're going to go. Well, then we're going to go eat lunch, and that's going to be great. Um, and then, um, but the first one is long, and the other four are really short, so hang with me. First one I want you to consider is Jesus has dreams, too. He created you in his image, right, to have dreams, right? Jesus has dreams, too. He does. And uh, he tells us, just like Anna did, he tells us what his dream is. And, and this is going to sound very familiar to you because many of you know the Lord's Prayer where Jesus was teaching us how to pray to the Father. Right? He said this. He tells us what his dream is. He says, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? Heaven and earth. Sounds like three dreams. No, no, no. It's just one. Right? That your kingdom will come. Right? That's the dream. Now, your kingdom comes when your will is done here on earth as it is in heaven. But the, the dream is still the same, that your kingdom will come. So Jesus' dream, Jesus' dream is this, heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. That's a huge dream because there's a lot of hell on earth, is there not? I mean, some of you are experiencing it right now. Some of you have walked through it. Some of your friends and your biggest concerns are people who are going through rough times. And he's saying, I want to bring heaven to earth. Now, a um, little fact about myself that I want to share. It's going to come as a shock to some of you. But I cannot dunk. I cannot. And some of you say, come on, Tom. You're kidding me. No, I cannot. Others of you are thinking, then I need to find a different church because... I need a pastor who can 360, you know. I, well, you don't got one right now, today. Now, seriously, if I cannot jump 10 feet, I cannot reach heaven. The only hope I have of experiencing heaven is heaven to come down to where I am. And I'm not just standing here. In a lot of times, I'm below the ground. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm low just like you. And Jesus comes to wherever we are. Whatever. And it's, look, I dug this hole for myself. I know I'm down there with you. I'm coming. He brings heaven to earth. That's why he came, right? So that I could experience heaven on earth because here's what heaven on earth actually is. It's having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, with the God who made you, who loves you, who, who is trying to lead you into experiencing him, okay? So not only does he come, he says, and I'm going to live inside you, okay? I'm going to come where you are. 
but he's going to remove from you, remove from me all the things in this life which often are in here and in here that keep us from being able to enjoy and experience his relationship. So he not only comes, he now he gets better. He takes on himself all the junk from my life that I wish were not true about me. All the stuff from my mind, all the stuff from my heart, all the stuff from my mouth. He puts that on himself and takes it to the cross and lets it destroy him so that he could destroy it without destroying me, without it destroying you. So he can set you free from all of that so that you can love him forever. And it gets better. It gets better. He, he dies. He lets it destroy him. But then he rises again to everlasting life so that when he lives in you, and he does, for everybody who says, I will follow you, I believe in you, I, he moves in. He takes up residence. This is his house, right? You, me. Like he's going to take up residence in there. And, 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 and you will enjoy him, heaven on earth, right now and forevermore. It just keeps getting better and better and better. Ever increasing love, ever increasing life, ever increasing joy. Because he's in there and he's, he's like shedding all the stuff that keeps us from that. And you're never, you're going to experience that forever. Why? Because he's living inside you. And he will never die again. So you will never die again. Your body is going to fall apart, right? Right? Some of you are already starting to see that. But he's got, look, he's got another body for you that is durable and beautiful and, and perfect. But that's a topic for another day. But, but it gets better, right? So that's heaven on earth. And that's heaven on earth forever. Because he wants to be with you and, and love you forever. Jesus' big dream. This is it. Bring heaven to earth. Thy kingdom come. That's his dream. Okay? Now, what does that look like? We don't have to wonder because he tells us. In fact, Jesus had his first sermon. And, and there's a bunch of people sitting around. They're watching and they're listening. And he said this. He read this to them from the book of Isaiah. Uh, it appears also in Luke, right? The account of him sharing it. He said this about himself. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news for the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And it's not just like 365 days. This is like a season, right? A long season in your life of the Lord's favor. So we're going to just unpack this, see what it looks like, okay? He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He, he's one with God, right? He, because he has anointed me. He has sent me, God the Father sent God the Son, to bring heaven to earth. Right? And we, we talked about that. And here's what it's going to look like. To proclaim good news to the poor. Now, there's a couple of kinds of being poor, right? First of all, you could be a moral or spiritual train wreck. Like me. Like some of you. Right? And, and you got no hope. You got no hope of making God happy with you. You got no hope of, of, of hope. You have no hope of finding love. You have no hope of finding. And then he comes and he says, No, no, no. I, I know you. Well, I, I wish you did. No, I know all about that. And I want you anyway. I, I want you so much that I'll trade my life for yours so that I can enjoy you forever. Whew. Okay. That's then the poor guy spiritually, becomes the richest person in the world. 
because you got God living inside you, loving on you all the time. Like, that's one side of poverty, and we do that here all the time. We see that happen. I, I, I could go person to person, person to person, person. And you could say, yeah, that happened to me. But there's another kind of poverty, right, that Jesus declared war on, and that is the physical, the financial side of poverty. And that's why at Bethany, I'm mean, like, we're all about this. Like, you're hurting, you're broke, you're hopeless, you think things can't get any better. We're all about you. Like, I don't even care if we know you. I don't care if you believe like we do. I don't care if you come. We, we love you, and we're going we're gonna to meet that. That's, so he declared war on that. He says, look, I want to make sure during his earthly life, didn't you see him do this? I want to make sure that you have food, that you have clothing, that you have heat, that you have hope, that you have love, you have everything. And, and I'm going away, but you don't have to worry that I'm not with you because my people, like, I'm going to live inside of them. And, and I, I'm, I'm going to love you and provide for you through them. And, and I got millions and millions and millions throughout the world and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds at Western and in Gunnison. And, and I, I, my heart in them is going to make their heart beat for you who are in need. And, and they're going to meet your need that way. And that's, the world is going to say that's impossible. And we say, wait a minute, you never met our God. You know, and so that's that. Hey, he said, oh, this is good. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. Like, like, he's saying, when I come to you and I live inside you, I have the keys to every prison door in your heart, in your life. And, and so a lot of us, uh, all of us, I would say, have something that owns us, right? It's getting the best of us. And, and he wants to set us free from all of that, whether that's an addiction or a habit or a hurt or a hang-up or something that you've been through in your life, maybe as a child, maybe now, maybe it's just constant. He wants to set you free from that. And that happens again here every week. And, 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 and I want you to know uh, we have this ministry called Celebrate Recovery. And that is all about what it is. It is so beautiful. We have scores of people who every, every couple of months, they, there's a new crowd of folks. And these are people who from college students to senior citizens and everything in between, they come together in their brokenness from, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, alcohol, uh, drugs, porn, uh, uh, self-loathing, uh, anything that's holding them back uh, that, that, that they feel is limiting them. And, and they come together and they come close to one another and close to Jesus, and they are getting set free. They are getting set free from stuff that they, the big time, that they didn't even think they ever had a hope of getting set free from. I don't want to put you on the spot, but you, you kind of outed yourself. This is my brother, Nicholas. And, and, and man, him, and, and we, got, we got people who love CR, love it. Anybody want to share how CR has helped, helped set you free? Yeah, I'll share something about it. Sure. I think it's amazing to hear somebody else. Talking to my cheek. It's amazing to hear that other people have the same problems that you do, even if you think you're going through it alone. Yeah. Everybody's got the same thing. Everybody's going through the same hurts, and it's, it helps to hear what they have to say about it. Yes. It helps a lot. It does. My brother Joe is in it with me. Yeah, yeah. You see, we are more broken than we feared, but we are more loved than we dreamed. And we are all walking closer and closer together, closer and closer to Jesus, and we are getting set free from stuff that we thought would never leave us alone. And there's victory after victory. So you want to know more about CR. Um, that's, that's kind of the, the liberty to the captives. And, and there are people here who will tell you about it. Um, okay, 
Recovering of sight to the blind. Sounds pretty simple, right? You couldn't see something, and now you can, right? Now, there's physical blindness, and Jesus certainly did that, but he did that to show us what he wanted to do, which is open our eyes, open our minds, open our hearts. We couldn't see God, but now in Jesus Christ, we can see him. We can see him for how beautiful he is, and we can see him for how much he loves us, and we can see him for all the hope that we have in him in Jesus Christ. You couldn't see love. You couldn't see that there was all the love that you were created to know and experience and share, and now in Jesus Christ, you not only see it, it, it it, it lives in you, and, and you're more loved than you ever thought, and, and, and it just wells up, and you get to experience it, and, and it fills you so full that you have to export it. Like, it starts pouring out of you. Like, and, and let's be honest, it pours out of you to people who, without Jesus, you don't even like. You don't even like, and now you're loving on them, and then you start loving them. It's crazy, and you couldn't see, you couldn't see purpose for your life, but now you're starting to see a grand purpose, and he's calling you into his purpose, and in Jesus Christ, you have purpose. You couldn't see, you couldn't see hope, like this situation, this illness, this struggle, this financial thing, this relational thing. Man, this, these odds are so stacked. No, you got hope, and you can see it. Because your hope is alive, it's in him, and he's in you, and you got hope. You got hope. Yeah, it doesn't matter, and, and that's a beautiful thing. So that's recovery of sight to the blind. He's going, I'm going to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Now we're talking about relationships here between people, people who are different, people of different skin colors and, and financial classes and orientations or whatever. He's, all the things that cause you to hate and, and to divide and to bite each other and, and to judge each other and, 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 and fight each other. I want to remove that. All these people who are oppressed and, and oppressors, I want to do away with prejudice and persecution and discrimination and abuse and greed and envy and lust and spite and, and manipulation and violence. And I'm going to do that by transforming your heart. I'm going to give you a heart transplant. I'm going to give you my heart. Little by little, I'm going to give you my heart. And you're going to start loving and, and all this other stuff's going to get evicted. And, and that's beautiful. And then, and then the last thing here. And then and this what makes it uh, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What if you had a year? What if you had a life where God said, you're my favorite? Okay, that's where that word comes from. A year of being the Lord's favorite. What, but, but what if that was your whole life? You, you have my favor. My, my eyes are on you. My heart is toward you. My power is for you. My, my will is around you, right? What, what if you had that? What if you could live large, not, not to try to earn God's favor, right? But because you already had it. Because you know you have it. That's what he's saying. So how, well, how can God, who really knows everything about me, even the things I wish weren't true about me, how, how, how can he look at me and, and I be his favorite? Because you have trusted in his son who has taken up residence inside you. And not only does he love you without his son, he, he, he sees himself in you. He loves you. He can say, Nathan, man, you're my favorite. Okay? Graham, you're my favorite. Zoe, you're my favorite. Dom, you're my favorite. Because I look at you and I see my perfect Jesus. Inside you, you could walk in that your whole life. Not to earn it, but because you already have it. That's what he came to do. That's heaven on earth. Okay, that's a pretty huge 
and beautiful goal that he's got. That's a pretty huge dream. So let's ask this. What does that look like for you and for me? Right now I hear. Because that's what's important. It's important that we know what that means practically. Here it is. God's kingdom come. God's will be done in Gunnison and at Western just as it is in heaven. Heaven on earth in Gunnison. Heaven on earth at Western. So a lot of stuff's got to change. Yes! Yes, but that's his dream. And it lives inside of you if you, if you belong to him. And guess what? He's saying, oh, oh, that doesn't stand a chance in resisting that because look at, look at all of me that's out there. Look at all of me that's out there. So it's exciting. And we have a lot of opportunity to enter into Jesus' dream. In fact, Justin was here talking to you. And when I say he's one of my favorite men, he, he is because his heart beats for people in need. And, and the roof thing, this is an ongoing thing. There's an older man. I don't even know his name. He has never been in here. And you know what? That's okay. I, I, I pray that, that he, he knows how much God loves him. But one of the ways that I, I think he might is because he had this major surgery, like major, like your body open. And he went to his home, which is a double wide, and home health services could not go in there because it was too dirty. Um, he has some animals that, that don't go outside, and it was just not a healthy place for them to be, much less him to recover. We, we found out about it, and um, Justin and the first responders got permission from him <clears throat> The whole thing, you know, like carpets to upholstery to new furniture to um, sanitizing to um, things. He needs his animals, right? But the places where they can um, be clean. And, and, and here's the thing. He's not ready for winter because it's leaking. And so they're going to give him a new roof. And he might say, why are you doing this? Well, well, because God has given us a home with him forever that we never deserved. And the least, the least that we can do is give that to you. Because he loves us that way and, and we love you that way. And so that, that's what they do. And, and would to people who otherwise um, shiver through the winter and can't afford it. That's what that's about. Um, that's just the last piece of a mountain of wood that used to live here. Um, anyway, uh, that's beautiful. We got another team. Uh, that's first responders. Um, the benevolence team. Benevolence team, another team of people here um, that take some of the money that you gave, which also goes to this guy. And um, benevolence team is like financial emergencies. Like somebody has something, they're going to get kicked out of their house. No, you're not. Oh, no. No, no. We're going to work, work through this. It's, it's like, uh, you know, they, something happened and we need a quick fix. That's, they're the quick fix people. For people that have a longer need, we've done freezers of love here. If you've been here with us any length of time, you know we get a big chest freezer when we learn of a family. Um, and everybody, over the course of a couple of weeks, will cook meals and freeze them. And we'll fill this thing to overflowing. And, and we'll close it. And we'll write prayers and, and love letters on the outside and, and stuff like that. We'll take it to their house. And, and we say, like, this will carry you for... Um, a long time, and if, if when you get to the bottom, you still have this need, you call us, and we'll, we'll fill it. That's what, that's benevolence, and, and that's beautiful. Um, addiction Recovery Center, you said, wait, Tom, we don't have that. 
yet. Um, because here's the deal. CR is doing suburb coming, doing so much beautiful work. And every time that, that we work, pretty much every time that we work with somebody in, in our town who is in deep poverty, it's usually linked to some kind, some kind of addiction. And so for them to be set free on a long term, they, they got to be set free from this thing, right? So every time I drive past, because it, it's back where, where my daughter, and, daughter works, um, you know the old Fiesta Me Mexicana restaurant west of town? Every time I drive past there, it's like my heart goes. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a great building. It's huge. But nobody's been in it for years. And... Um, <clears throat> For like $250,000, we could have that for Celebrate Recovery, the Addiction uh, Recovery Center. But that would just be the beginning of the expense. But it could be, it could be a beautiful thing. It could be. I mean, I had a nurse come up to me, said, that's, that's what I studied. And, and if this gets going, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Okay? But the whole army has to say we're on board before we jump on that. Right? But it could be beautiful. Here's another thing. RIP Medical Debt. This is an actual company that I've been in contact with. And I learned of them because I read about this church in Michigan. So cool. And their pastor's name is Patrick Miller. What Miller uh, said is, there's a lot of poor people in our community in Michigan who are crushed, I mean absolutely crushed, by medical debt that they can never, ever get out of. So he found this company, uh, RIP Medical Debt, who has worked with um, hospitals and health providers and insurance companies. And these hospitals and health insurance companies know that they're never going to collect uh, all of this from people who don't have it to give. So they're willing to sell that debt and have it retired by somebody who's willing to buy it from them. And here's the catch, that they will sell it for a a penny on the dollar, which means that like $10 would buy off $1,000 or more of their medical debt. So Miller went to his church and said, we could do this for the hurting people in our, in our community. And they gave over like two and a half weeks and they, they made it available to the community, like $200,000. And they forgave the debt of 43 million dollars over the people in their immediate community who were so suffocated by debt. They got a letter that said, somebody has taken your debt and you are free now. And these, these people would think, why? Why would somebody do this for me? Who doesn't even know me? Well, be, because Jesus has taken the debt of my separation from him onto himself and forgiven that. That is bigger than your crushing debt. So, so I have contacted RIP Medical Debt to do a study to see what it would cost in 81230 for those who are living in poverty and crushed by medical. What it would cost for us to buy that and have it forgiven? And I'll get back to you. And whether we do that or not, look, that's up to, that's up to you. But there's many, many ways that we, we can, uh, there's one more thing I want to tell you about um, that we can get involved in, and we have been, gunny packs. Anybody know what this is? Just raise your hand if you're, okay. Some of, some of the older folks, some of the, good. Um, let me tell you about it, though. 
Um, if you're anything like me and you're a parent, um, or you've been a child at one time, um, you either have a kid or you've done this yourself, there's a meal set in front of you for dinner, and you say, I don't want that. I, I, I don't want to eat that, right? Right? You ever had a kid that said that? Did Hunter ever tell that to you? He pretty much made everything. Well, when I would say that to my mom growing up, she said, there are kids that are starving in Ethiopia. So you eat that. Look, I can't, I didn't know. My friend's from Holland. Do you use that expression in Holland? Isn't that crazy? What is that? Like at one generation, there was like a mom's convention, and they taught them all the expressions. Apparently, this goes across countries. I cannot tell you where Ethiopia is, except that there were starving kids there. But you don't have to go on a mission trip to Ethiopia to find the starving children. Because we live in a town where 25% of families live at or below the poverty line. And so gunny packs were started by people in this church who, who said, we know through social services that there are kids who go to school and get free breakfast and free lunch. But on Friday, that's the last meal they're going to eat until Monday. That when there's a three-day weekend, they're not happy like the other kids. Because that's just another day that they're, they're, they're going to go without eating. And, and they live next to us, among us. And they said, this is, this is not going to happen. We're, gunny packs is named for backpacks, which is a discreet way that somebody cannot be embarrassed, right? So what they did was work with, so they find out who these kids are. And, and they, they buy groceries, nutritious meals, and they store them. And every week, they put together 50, 70 backpacks full of food. And there's a place where they can pick them up, and nobody knows. Right? And they bring them back empty, and nobody knows. But they know. Because every week, every weekend, they eat. And they eat well. And uh, the family that started this, uh, and started this army of people that are, that Jermaine had a, had a fundraiser on Monday, I think raised half of their budget, feed hundreds of people. Um, and and I, pray, I thank you for that. He said, this is not going to continue. We're going to do something about it. They are moving to Montrose. And they said to, uh, to us, look, uh, the money that, that, Bethany, that you give to the offering, we've provided uh, every year about $4,000, but, but that's just a piece of what, what it takes. But he says, look, I know your people, I know their heart, and we have to give this ministry to, to somewhere because it can't stop. Will you take it? And I said, like my heart is beating out of my chest. This has to happen, right? Every backpack you fill you're giving to Jesus, right? He said, you feed them, you feed me. And, and maybe, maybe we can find other ways to, 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 to make their lives better uh, that last longer than a meal. But we want to do that too. But um, those are ways that you and I can, can do that. Can you picture if all of those things happen? Can you picture what, what our Western, what our Gunnison would look like if everybody was loved enough, if everybody was set free enough, if everybody was provided enough, if everybody was encouraged enough, 
everybody was forgiven and free. Well, it would look pretty amazing. So then here's the two through five, which go real fast. Part of Jesus' dream is that his dream would become your dream too. His dream would become your dream too. Every beautiful thing that Jesus did on this earth. He didn't say, I want to put a period at the end. I want to put a comma because it's just going to grow and go viral from there because then I'm going to have millions and millions across the world that I'm living in and hundreds and hundreds in Denison and in Western that I'm living in and I'm going to continue it. I'm going to do it. It's, it's for you and I to carry on. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, this is going viral. It's getting big. I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do, will she do because I'm going to the Father and when I do I'm sending my spirit to live inside him and this is what it's about I invented going viral and this is what I invented it for for all of this to continue as heaven comes crashing to earth okay, number three Jesus' dreams for you are bigger than your dreams are for you Jesus' dreams for you are bigger and better than your dreams for you. Check out what he said about you if you're a follower of his. He said about this, about you. He said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of your team. You are the light of your workplace. You are the light of this town. You are the light of that university. You. Because I'm in you. I'm the light and I'm shining, right? So let your light shine. Just go. Just let it shine. Let me explode through you, love through you before others so that they may see your good works. They can see my love, right, that we talked about. They can see my mercy. They can see my compassion. They can see my help through you and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do you know what this means? That the way you and I love people, the way you and I serve them, the way you and I bless them is going to drive them to him. And here's what happens. They're, they're going to worship him. They're going to worship, and he's going he's to take over them. He's going to live inside of them, and they're going to go out, right, with us, and then, and then reach more people in, in whom are, are going to be blessed, and they're going to come to him, and he's going to live in, again and again and again and again and again until heaven on earth is, is the only way to describe what's happening in the, this small town, in this little university. That's, that's, that's amazing, right? Number four, that unless your dream is Jesus' dream, your dream, it might be good, but it's too small. It's too small. So we're going to go back to where we started. It's that it is possible for you and I to spend all our efforts, all our time, all our money, all our passion, all our to climb the ladder you always wanted to climb only to realize when you get to the top at the end that your ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. And that's the one it should have been. I want you to hit pause for a minute. Um, a few weeks ago, and look, if you're first coming here, you know, one of the raps that churches get is that like, they just want your money. Um, not true. And so I hate to preach about um, money. Uh, so I'm not going to, and especially with university students, <laughs> like, you know, you don't have it. I get that. I get that. But you need to know about what's going on. At the same time that we have these big dreams for our community, big dreams for Western, um, the board asked me, and, and look, you need to know this about me. I have intentionally decided that I will not look at any of the offerings. I don't look at who gives, who does, and how much. 
I won't know. So, I, so that my love for you, I'm never tempted to, to have that affected. It's just not, right? So I, sent a, 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 I gave them the letter and let them send it out. So if you got it, you got it. But I don't know who I'm talking to. But I, I sent you a letter asked you to pray about Bethany's financial situation. And some of you did. I know you did. I want to thank you. Um, and some of you reached out to me and say, I'm praying about that. I, I appreciate that. Here's the dream. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in Gunnison and at Western as it is in heaven. That's, that's Jesus' dream for us. And we have, uh, we have a difficulty. I have a difficulty. You can bring lights down so I can see this better, please. Here's the, here's, here's the reality in the chart. Um, if you're too far away to be able to read it, those are the months of this year. You can see we're, we're only through October, but the blue is, is all the need, right? All the, all the need that we budgeted in, and then the church votes on said, yeah, this is something we want to try to do, and here's what it's going to cost, and yeah, that's going to be okay. So the blue is the budget, and the green is what I and you have actually given to that. And so you can see that that gap gets wider and wider and wider every, every month to the point that right now um, we're about 75,000 short. Now, um, we serve the God of the impossible, and uh, I have great faith that, that October, November, December, we're going to be able to do more and more for the people, not less and less, because the need is there, and the call is there, and the ability is there, and you say, well, Tom, maybe we're just asking too much uh, of ourselves, and, and I thought that too until I looked at the yellow and red. Those are 2018 and 2017. That's what this church gave. So uh, even just based on ourselves, something has happened. So the leadership um, on this week between series, because we're going to go into a series soon uh, called Finding Joy, uh, Studying, Walking Through Philippians. If there's not overflowing joy in your life, you need to be here for that. It's going to be great. Um, but they said, this week, we want, we want you to preach on giving. I said, I, I hate to do that. I, I really... Um, but I thought it was right, you know, just remind people what they already know, that everything we have belongs to God anyway, and, and we give the first and the best back to him to worship, and it's a way of, of doing for, for his community, and, and, and if we want to invite God into our finances, we trust him because money is the one thing that's going to be the most tempting to trust in rather than him, and this is the way we live with open hands and that close. That's what I was going to do, and then God said, no. When I prayed about it, you no. That's not the message. The message is the heart of the matter, um, which is our hearts. So, my friends, just hang with me because this is something I don't do, okay? I don't, I, I'm not quick to say, thus saith the Lord, unless I'm quoting from his word, okay? I got um, what I believe is God speaking to my heart about where we are, and what we need to do. And so I'm going to share it with you. I ask you to take that down, please. Um, in humility. Because this is not from God through me for other people. No, no, no. This is for me as well. And, 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 and maybe for you. And so I wrote down what I believe that he said. And, and I'm just going to share it with you. And see what it does. 
as I prayed about this, he said, it's not about giving to the church or the priority of coming together to worship or even a desire to serve others. Those are just symptoms. I want to address the heart of the matter. Many of my people are pursuing their own dreams rather than pursuing my dreams. And if you, I, and they will repent, would just change and turn and pursue my dreams instead, they will find their own. That if they will repent and pursue my dreams instead, they will find their own. And I became more confident that this was from God when I realized that Jesus used different words to say almost exactly the same thing. Seek first the kingdom of God, heaven on earth, and his righteousness. And all of these things, all of these other dreams will be added to you as well. So I'm going I'm to ask them to leave the lights down and I want to challenge you to, to join me in, in praying. There's three questions that I'm going to put up and I'm just going to ask you to please, in your heart, in your mind, ask these of God and let Him answer you the way that, that He wants, right? Rather than Tom speak to you, I'm asking God to speak to you and see where we fit in this. So let's just enter into a spirit of prayer as the worship team comes up. We say, God, please, we need you to speak to us. We need you. We need your heart to our hearts on this. Here's the first question. Pray this. Lord Jesus, am I pursuing my own dreams or am I pursuing your dreams? Lord, we need to know. Would you speak to your people? Speak to me. Am I pursuing my dreams? Am I pursuing your dreams? Number two. Lord, am I using you to get what I want? Or am I letting you use me to get what you want? Lord, please show us. The last one. Am I living to please me? Or am I living to please you? Am I living to please me? Or am I living to please you? Show us, Lord. I just want to share you if there's one more thing for us to consider. You can redeem your dream because we serve the God of the second chance, the thousandth chance. At the bottom of your worksheet or in your hearts right now, there's a contract between you and God. It says, I commit to make Jesus' dream of bringing heaven to earth my dream. And I will use everything I am and all that I have, including my old dream. 
I'm going to give him permission to use my dream to accomplish his dream. Because his dream is my dream. You get it? To accomplish my new dream, to bring the kingdom of God to hurting people for their blessing and for the glory of Jesus. I am making Jesus' dream my dream. And at the bottom is a place for you to sign and date. And that's not for anybody to see. It's not for your hand in a way. That's, that's you and God. And the promise says, you, you make my dream your dream, and I'll take care of the rest. I know, I know all those things you long for. push our ladder against the right wall and keep climbing because he's already come down. Nick's going up. That much and we don't go up alone. We want to take our teams and our teammates and our classmates and our co-workers. We want to take this town and this university with us he's not going to stop until everybody's home. And I'm so glad he didn't stop before he got to you. Because I love you. This is a chance for us to respond. And if you want to, symbolically, you can come up and use the altar. Take your dream and just lay it at his feet. Right? Just do that. And say, I want to take your dream. You know, I, I, I submit everything I want what you want. Or if you want to pray with me, I'll, I'll be over here, Ty's over here. We'll, 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 we'll pray with you. There's people around you. He loves you so much. So that's